Okay. Hello, everybody. Are we on? We're on. Okay. Welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. Sam, you're in a bad mood again. This Sunday is February 5th, uh, 2023. Got a great backgrounder and a great, hopefully a great Thursday Night Appetizer for you. And yes, I'm in a bad mood again. (laughs) (laughs) At least we usually take turns. I'm in a good mood. Were you in a bad mood last week? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I I'm was. pretty sure you were too. Or yeah. maybe it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so if you have any spare prayer time, uh, pray for me and all of those I love and have to deal with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of those people and you're watching, smarten up. <laughs> also pray for the church. <laughs> also pray for the church. Because nothing the church, more annoying. The church is one of the, the sources, one of the sources of my angst today. And I, I do like to keep saying this. Of course, we're also part of the annoyance for other people and each oh, other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we also always have to say that we love the church, but at the same time we have a, like a conflicting, conflicted relationship. That is a lot it's, like family, right? Yeah, it's not like, it's not like you know, like uh, we'll, we'll ever leave or anything like that. It's more like, it just, it's just hard. Yeah, it's like a family. It's hard sometimes to navigate that relationship mm-hmm. for it to be like as life-giving as it should be. Sometimes it hurts to be in that relationship. Yeah. So, yes, it's just been kind of a frustrating day for um, the church. And, of course, I get to see the inside workings of it more than most people do. And sometimes it's quite annoying. Let's just put it that way. I think part of it is, too, that everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, most people in the church want to help. Mm -hmm. And when people want to help, they really try hard. Oh, yeah. And that includes you And and, and me. Yeah, that gets so frustrating. They're also such good people, though. Yeah, and like um, the church is made up of a lot of really good people, especially our church. We have such a great. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful for all that. It's just as we, um, you know, you've heard us talk about Christendom and apostolic times. It's going to come up again. It's going to come up, but um, you know, you've heard us talk about that. And as we sort of enter the, the new apostolic age, which we believe is kind of on us, and let go of Christendom <laughs> um, for good, for good. Mm-hmm. Um, as we do that, it, it becomes more and more difficult. So, I got a background Let's here. Let's do this. It's about salt and light, and what really got my attention. Hey, wait was, a minute! I just something occurred to me. What's that? Well, if you're listening to this on audio, yes, and uh, you've never, well, maybe you've heard us talk about the backgrounder, but you don't actually know what it is. What is it? The backgrounder is is a weekly article that we post on our website, holyfamily.ca. You can get there by going to holyfamily.ca/slash/category/slash/backgrounder. And it will show you all the backgrounders. And there's one that comes out every Tuesday, which provides like a background, of course, to the Thursday night appetizer and to the Sunday readings. So it's a good like little reflection on the the coming Sunday's gospel that you can read on Tuesday. And we talk about it, of course, and pray prayerfully consider the gospel as well at the appetizer. So there you go. So if you're not if you've never seen that before, you can go on there and sign up and get it by email every week. That's a good option. Just wanted to say that. Thank you. That's a good idea. Yeah. Once in a while. Yeah. Um, and when we say Sunday Gospel, for those who are not Catholic or not used to being at church on Sunday, Catholic Mass, we always have a passage read from one of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the Gospels. That's what we call the Gospel for Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday Gospel is the, the Sunday, gospel. The Sunday sure. re- reading chosen for that Sunday Yeah, across the whole Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And a lot, the of the, a lot of the other churches use the same lectionary as well. True. Lectionary meaning. Selection of Bible readings. Uh, the Mennonite Mennonite Church pastor used the same reading today at Light on Main. Oh yeah, yeah. So 
Juanita, is that her name? Yeah. I've met her before. So I'm assuming that they use, they're they using... They the, call it the common lectionary. The common lectionary, yeah. Yeah. Here we go, backgrounder. So last week, if you were with us, Jesus was beginning the Sermon on the Mount, which goes in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Part 2 today, continuing on. This, is, this time it's a big challenge that Jesus gives his disciples. It'll sound differently to you depending on whether you are a disciple of Jesus or just sort of um, not... Many people at that time, just like today, would say that they're somewhere in between. You're not exactly sure. You're on the way, something like that. But wherever you are on that journey of your faith and your, your life, whether you're from the outside wondering what the whole thing's about with Jesus, trying to follow him but struggling, um, that will affect how you respond to this challenge because it's a challenge issued to disciples. Specifically, he said to his disciples, and here's the challenge, Unless a disciple becomes salt of the earth and light for others, they are good for nothing. That's a phrase he, he uses. You're good for nothing. The alternative Jesus, Jesus offers for those who are good for nothing is that they were to be thrown out and trampled underfoot like salt that has lost its flavor. Basically, Jesus doesn't need or want disciples who are content to follow him, but they're like salt that won't leave the salt shaker or that light that's hiding itself under a basket. What's the point? So, we're now using this term Christendom to refer to the time in the past, maybe like 50 or more years ago, when most people in Canada would have said that they were either Christian or, or basically accepted Christianity as the norm for society. But we're, we're well past that. Most people we know today, most of our institutions, like our government, education, business, entertainment, are what people now call secular, meaning um, they're just kind of living life or trying to live life without God. That's not Christendom anymore. And most Christians react to this in three different ways. These days, the largest group of Christians just doesn't notice, but keeps going to Mass, keeps going to church, kind of expecting things to say the same. Other Christians want to go along with society as it drifts further and further away from Jesus and the way of life that he teaches. A small but growing number of Christians are getting angrier and more frustrated at people and institutions around us because they continue to reject Jesus. So there's the, there's the people that just don't notice, people who want to go along with everything, and people are angry and frustrated because of the way things are going. Being salt and light is what Jesus asks of us, his disciples. Meaning that we need first to know him, and that's always important. That's true for everyone who wants to do what Jesus asks. The first thing is to know him, and then to participate in the life of the church. That's also important, going to Mass on Sunday. It's crucial, it's a central part of our, our, our week together in the Catholic community. But from these foundational uh, practices, you become a disciple, but a disciple of Jesus is not just supposed to stay in, in the salt shaker or under a basket. They're supposed to be on mission in our time, ready to go out to people who don't yet know him with the love and truth that only he can give. Salt preserves and gives flavor. Light transforms darkness where people are confused into a place where we're no longer lost. Disciples of Jesus have the joy of helping transform confusion pain, and death into a new situation where there's hope, guidance, and community. And that's our backgrounder for this week. Thank you. Okay. Of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Father, we praise and thank you. We glorify you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the sunshine. Um, and Lord, we're so grateful to be your disciples to have been called by you, to follow you, to have been chosen 
um, to receive your forgiveness and your mercy, to have been invited into your kingdom and your friendship with you. And uh, we pray, Lord, that everyone is listening today and watching, that uh, they would also sense that call in their lives, the call not only to be your disciple, but also to be salt and light to the world, um, to be that additive to the world that uh, changes everything around it. And um, it's this is an important call for us. And uh, we ask you, Lord, to help us embrace it. Help us, Lord, to get the things out of our lives that are preventing us from from being salty, that are uh, keeping us flavorless. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. should go first this time whenever you've got something you want to okay. talk about. <clears throat> um, okay. Well, I'll mention the first thing. Uh, city set on a mountain mm-hmm. cannot be hidden. That's the one that that's the line that stood out to me. Also like a concept in the whole thing did. Yeah. But um, city set on a mountain cannot be hidden was what stood out because it is kind of automatic that a city is not hidden. Right. Um, you don't build you don't build a city so that it can be seen generally. It's not for show. It's not like a piece of art. A city put on a hill, at least in these times, would have been a defensive mechanism for the city generally. Sure. High ground is like the optimal for defending a city. So if you're going to build a walled city, like have you ever been to Quebec City? I have been, yeah. Right. The walled city, the old city, is actually on a hill. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's easy to defend a city that's on a hill, basically, because it's you can look down at everything and 
everyone else, ever, the attackers all have to climb and they always have to, you know, move things up a hill as opposed to just level ground or being in a valley. So that's why you put a, a city on a mountain. But it's visible because of just its nature or sort of where it is. And I, the reason I was thinking about that was you can't hide it. And uh, I was thinking about how when someone becomes light to others, when someone is full of the Holy Spirit and they, it, it, Jesus, Jesus' life in them begins to transform them. There's like this overflowing or like a pouring out that happens mm-hmm. where they you can't hide that from other people. It's like, it's just automatically visible in a way. Um, good examples are the saints. Yesterday was the feast of Don Bosco, right? Who... I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on his life, but I think for the most part didn't try to attract attention to himself, right? Sure. It's kind of went about his life. The saints were, the saints were always visible by virtue of the, the light within them, right? Especially after their death, I think, in some ways. Um, yeah. another great example, someone that just popped into my mind was Maximilian Kolbe. Uh, he was a prisoner of war, he was a Catholic priest, also a prisoner of war in Auschwitz. And he took the place of a uh, young father that was sent to be executed. And he took his place and ended up being executed instead of that man. The, he, the, the father survived and mm-hmm. was actually at his uh, canonization, I believe. When he was declared a saint. When he was declared a saint, which is cool. But Maximilian Kolbe lived a relatively short life. Didn't really. He wrote some things, but not. You know, it wasn't like he wasn't a big deal while he was alive. And yet the light of Christ for all eternity is shining through him, shining from him. Hmm. He's now, he's now like that city on the mountain that can't be hidden. You can't hide virtue and goodness and God's glory if it's in a person. That's just what I was thinking. It's like, we need to strive to be light, but we also have to realize that that, um, it's not just for us. It's also like, maybe that'll tie into what I was saying. Going to become a, you know, that, that goodness and that light that's within us that comes from God is going to draw other people in. So I'm going to take the... I completely agree with you, but somehow I find I can't hide it. Yeah. I actually was going with put it under a bushel basket. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I would say I completely agree with you. You can definitely see that in some people. There's just there's a light that comes out of them, which we've talked about before, actually. Uh, but, but at the same time, in my experience of myself, I'm able to hide it under a bushel basket. It sure. being... Um, the light that Jesus has given me. And I'm thinking about why. Why do I sometimes want to just like not, well, I would say not let the light, that is not my light, Jesus' light, but I don't want to let it shine. Why not? And I think I think it's because of what we were talking about earlier, um, which I hope gets into our, our edited version of what we're talking about here, which is people are really annoying and it can be very discouraging to believe, as I do, that Jesus has shared something great with me himself, basically, his message, his way of life, faith, all these things. But it's just like I'm out in the world, and then how do I even start in some situations? And then other times you feel like you're getting somewhere, or I feel like I'm getting somewhere, but but it just ends up being misunderstood and Sometimes, especially as we were saying earlier, it's people within the church because I would say within 
Christendom, the period of time that came like 50 or more years ago and goes back hundreds of years, the assumption, which is not always valid, but the assumption is that, oh yeah, every, everybody's either Christian or kind of Christian, or at least accepts Christianity as the norm. So you don't need to go out with your faith because everybody kind of accepts it, right? So I was trained when I was younger, and most people, well, I'm in my 50s, most people older than me, pretty much their whole lives, uh, young lives at least, were like, yeah, why would you do that? So what, what do Christians do instead in those circumstances? They try to do good things, always, I think. I shouldn't say always, but generally. Trying to do good, like they have like different service clubs, like we have the Knights of Columbus, Catholic Women's League, St. Vincent de Paul, a lot of other things that are often found in Catholic communities and other places, you know, and other places too. But also some things specific here, like we talked about Light on Main Street before. There are a lot of good things that happened. But when the situation changes which is like, all of a sudden people are moving away from Jesus. Move, the whole society is moving away from Jesus rapidly, in fact. It seems like an, at an accelerated pace. Then, then the disciples of Jesus, like me, are supposed to go out there. And it's so hard to know how to help other people who are within the community of faith understand that our job is not to be indifferent. It's not to go along with people, nor is it to be angry with people. Which is, those are the, as I said in my background, I think the most, three most common things. And people I know who are in one of those modes have a hard time understanding that actually what Jesus wants us to do is do what he said in this passage, which is to, to share that light with others. And sometimes I just want to, like, stay in bed because it's so frustrating trying to help the other people understand this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm a bit of a coward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm, uh, it's funny, like, uh, um, in my church circles, I, I don't feel like I'm a coward, but, mm-hmm. like, certainly mm-hmm. when I get out on my own and, uh, like, I'm at the... Cat checkout line, or like yeah, that, yeah. There's you know. that for sure. I, I just sort of, I, I feel like I do sometimes hide. I don't. I find church circles harder because most Catholics I know have not yet thought about how much we need to share the basic message of who Jesus is with people around us. In other words, going on mission, and they're more like in back in that what we call Christendom mode. So, so I find it really difficult to try to explain to fellow Catholics, friends and family included, literally, um, when I tried. What it, what it would be like to share the light of Jesus with people around us. Because they're just not used to the idea that we need to. I feel like my, kind of my whole career, if mm-hmm. you can call it that. Sure. Um, is based on the presumption, the, the assumption that we need to, uh, evangelize in, yeah. in our world, in our culture. Right, right. Right. Like you, like I was hired in 1999, Father Dave Cote. He invited me to come and be a missionary here in this area. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty, Kind of revolutionary, Bold. yeah, like revolutionary right. or like countercultural. Yeah, twenty four years of, ago. In terms of the um, not countercultural, in terms of Christendom, it was countercultural. Yeah, because um, again, there's this assumption that well, missions. People, most people would say yes, we need missions, right? But when they when we say that, they think somewhere else mm-hmm. for a very small group of people, like a very small number of missionaries. So they don't think of themselves as on mission. They think of they might think of like missions up north. With uh, some of the poorer communities in the but far the, north, that's the other thing too. Or overseas missionaries. Or, yeah, right? and normally the thing about missions in the Catholic world, it means going to help people. Not yes. In fact, just deliberately not not sharing the gospel with them because it's seen as something you might impose on people. Deliberately avoiding it, actually. Just helping yeah. them with like building schools or doing other good things, which are which actually still need to get done, for sure. It is a way of sharing the light. But the very specific thing Jesus is talking about is sharing the message of who he is and the message of hope that only he can give. 
Yeah, um, well, it become, that becomes an excuse. Like what I said earlier about the city on the mountain, mm-hmm. that becomes an excuse for people. Um, and I've I've fallen into this too. You have as well at times, where we think we just have to, basically we just have to live a good life and be our, be a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we don't we don't really have to try or say anything as long as we don't like you know murder anybody. As long right, as we pay, right. As long as we pay our taxes and don't murder anybody, then you know. We'll be sh- we'll be shining a light, right? Or that we're kind to people. You know, these are all good things. But what you're saying is that's not really what Jesus meant. He means something very specific, which is to do with the word that in Catholic circles is still not well understood. The word gospel. We are called to share the gospel, which is that Jesus died and rose from the dead to save us from sin and death. There are different ways you can phrase it. It basically means the same thing. Well, and that without that we're lost. Right. Right. I like the images of light and saltiness because I think it makes life more interesting when there's like light because then it's not just confusion and darkness and salt because like things have flavor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like what's a, like a soup that is not salty enough is boring. Sure. Right? We're having soup tonight, so. Uh, yeah. And you add soup to it and it becomes something. Add salt, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You add, you add salt, yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. And in the same way, life without the gospel and without sharing the gospel is boring. So one of my views is the reason that a lot of people, especially younger people, but a lot of older people too, have moved away from faith in Jesus and the church is because things got kind of stale and tasteless. We were just going through the motions a lot of the time. And um, you're laughing? Yeah. What? I just think that's an understatement. Oh, okay, sure. I'm just thinking about... A lot of the conversations we had, we've had about with people about yeah. their perception of the church is like, and they're not wrong. Like a bunch of old ladies singing songs from the fifties, um, or a bunch of older ladies singing songs from the eighties, or a bunch of slightly younger ladies singing songs from the eighties, and men, but mostly ladies, mostly ladies. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, sign me up. <laughs> no offense, older ladies. Well, we a lot of great older ladies in our community and all yeah. and all over. They're still doing great things. Yeah, lots of great older ladies on uh, mission too. Yeah, that really get this. I think we're just saying that. Well, it's like a like a bland soup. It's like unless you have the the saltiness of the gospel, mm-hmm. and that mean that doesn't just mean we have it. It means sharing it. Things get boring. Things get routine. They get start going through the motions. They get dry. Right. Dull. I think- the thing about, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but salt and shot, salt shaker, if it gets a little damp, it won't, just won't come out. Yeah. Um, Mine's always like that. It seems to always be like that. Well, I was thinking about, like, why wouldn't the salt come out? So or, Michelle buys the salt that's like, it's not, not regular table salt, oh, but like some other kind of salt. Like fancy salt? Uh, sea salt or... There are fancy salts. Sea yeah, salt. Yeah. And like the... The grains are too the big. The grains are too big. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I'll bang it on the table and scare everybody and they're like, don't do that! Anyway. Uh, Overnight at dinner routine yeah so I, I think i think today is like uh to me it's an invitation to anybody who actually is a member of the church and is not yet on mission to look at what that would mean for you and we don't know if you're in the hanover hanover area connected holy family of course we're it's here it's an invitation it's not a nice way of saying it sure <laughs> it's an invitation from the deacon Oh, the deacon. The deacon invites you to become salt of the earth and light of the world. It sounds very churchy when you say it like that. 
Uh, Speaking as the deacon. Well, I, here's the thing, and as we know, right? I think I think it's like almost. You're forgetting the other part. What's that? It will be. It, it's not good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled. Oh yeah, yeah. Put that in the back no. there. If you're not salty, Jesus is going to trample you underfoot. It literally says that in the Bible. He says that. He says that. Yeah. We're not just making that up. We're worried about you if you're a boring Catholic. <laughs> and not on a mission. And not on a mission. We're worried. We're concerned. We don't want you to be trampled underfoot. See, I think he it's... He said it. It's true. And I actually agree. I think that's... But it I, is, it's an invitation, too. It's an invitation it's not an invitation. to die. Not to be trampled by not Jesus. Not to be trampled by Jesus. Oh, my goodness. To get your... The thing is... Crap in order and not to get trampled. We'd love to say that. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, you're fine. Uh, I almost feel like he's putting like he's putting us in a vice grip. On one side, it's him, and he's like, he's saying, okay, time to go, time to go out. And the other side, there's a, there's a world of people, most of whom have no idea what we're talking about. And he's saying, okay, here I am. You know me. you got to go out there. And it's like, I feel it's like a vice grip closing. He keeps putting pressure on us till finally, which I think is where the fun comes in. Because you have no idea what's going to happen when you're on mission. If you are just with people who no one think and believe, everything you think and believe, and and know, that's that's good. We need that. But if that's all there is, it's actually kind of stale. That's the word that I was using before. And Jesus is never like that. He's always incredibly exciting. When we're listening to him, always, I believe, in my experience, my life is like, why did that happen in my life? Or why did I even choose to do that? In retrospect... It can make sense, but at the time it's like, that is very odd. For instance, I think my work. For like 15 years, my work was with youth. And then all of a sudden, the, the place I was working, the Catholic retreat center closed. And then I was working with in a long-term care facility. I think that's pretty funny. Like, it's kind of crazy. And what's even crazier is how much old people with dementia are like teenagers. <laughs> and vice versa. There's still yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> There's still people. There you go. Um, I think it's important to state too that this, all of this, is for the glory of the heavenly, of our heavenly Father. Right. Not, I like uh, that. That's because that, if you're like very me, good and you love the limelight. Yeah. And you love when the adulation of people. You usually forget that it's to glorify your heavenly Father. Right. Yeah. So feel free to remind me. It's not about me. Now, anytime I'm, you want. Wait, I'm going to make him blush now. Here we go. What? Blush. Actually, Sam, whenever you're leading uh, the, the worship team, the music, you're actually very humble. Oh, yeah. You sure. are. No, the way you look and the way you play. I can tell. That's funny. So, do, you feel, do you feel a bit on the spot now? I was also going to point out that two things could happen if you put a lamp under a bushel. Oh. The bushel could catch fire I, that's a good and point. the lamp could burn down the whole house. That's one thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. Not advisable. If the lamp is airtight, if the bushel is airtight enough, it'll actually smother the lamp. It'll go True. out. You won't have a light anymore. Yeah. Which I think is maybe what, that's maybe part of the point that he's mm-hmm. bringing up. Yeah. It doesn't just block the light. It also goes out, right? If the light represents your your faith or your, let's <laughs> say, your devotion to Jesus, your love for Jesus, the life of him within you, um, I think it's a part of the message is that unless it's shared, it goes out, right? And not not that. only is it not accomplishing its purpose, which is to be a light, yeah, be put on a lampstand and should shine light to the whole house, but also it will go out. Another warning. There are lots of warnings here. The, the, this one you infer. Want to hear a funny aside? Yeah, sure. I was doing a, a little retreat a retreat one time with some I don't know, grade twos or something, 
and we had um, given them candles. Did I tell you the story already? No. We'd each given them each a, like a lit can, actual lit candle in a little jar, like a tea light. And we were doing something, and one of the kids' his candle went out by accident before the thing was over. And he, he said, what happened? He said, Sam, what happens when the, if, if your candle goes out? And I said, that means the light of Christ has died in you. <laughs> you didn't say that in grade two. Yes, I did. And so you just went, and then I was like, no, no, I'm just kidding. You do joke a lot. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I would say, too, this is a, a word of consolation. Not an excuse, but maybe consolation. Now for a word of consolation. No, from the deacon. From the goodly deacon. Um, if you are a lifelong Catholic and you're not used to this thought or idea, it's more than an invitation. It, these are Jesus' words. This is like, it's a command, or else, it's a, as he's he says, right? He's a bit right? pushy in this passage. He is, as he often is, actually, to his disciples. But... I think he's also patient. So if this is all new to you, no idea what it means to be on mission, and you're practicing lifelong Catholic, there's time to learn. And and that's one of the reasons we actually do these every week, and along with a lot of the other things we're doing here at Holy Family, some of which you can connect with from far away, much of which goes on here directly. It's like, we're on mission. If you're not sure what that's all about, we are happy to help. Yeah, I mean, he's patient, but you are going to die someday. Yeah. And you don't know when that is. You should get working on it right now. He's actually right. <laughs> oh, I should get working on it right now. Why don't we pray, Sam? Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Father, for your patience with us, especially Sam <laughs> and me. Um, we hear these words of Jesus telling us to get out there, get out of the salt shaker, get out, of the, get out from under the basket, and be salt and light, and un. I pray, Father, that you'll give us hearts that your Holy Spirit comes into so that we would see other people the way you see us. We would see ourselves the way you see us. But especially we notice that we would notice the need, the great need for the light of Jesus, for the, the salt and the flavor and the, the preservation, the salvation that only he can give. Help us to see the need because we know that when we see the need, we will go because you are sending us, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Unify is still on. It's on Wednesday nights. There are two more weeks. weeks left. Right. Um, after this airs. Yep. Next the, week. The uh, 8th uh, and the 15th of February. And the fe February 8th is our kind of the pinnacle, the climax the yeah. of the series. And the last week is kind of a celebration. So Celebration and sending forth into mission. Into mission. To be light of the world and salt of the earth. Amen. So you could get started by coming to that, too. Tell your friends. Wow, we make it so easy for everyone to not go to hell. I would avoid hell if I were you. All right. Person. And we make it easy for you. So, but, you know, we can't force you. So. Okay. I feel like this has been, a, been heavy on the fire and brimstone. I kind of like fire and brimstone, I have to admit. Well, Jesus did. Jesus is, this is a kind of a scary passage for me as a Christian. If you're a disciple of Jesus, this is especially scary for you. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. He's, he's really... Laying it out there. Yep. Directly. And, um, hey, we should listen. We already prayed. Yeah, I know. So what? So it's over now? Yeah, it's over. Okay, Thank it's you. over now. Good. We could actually keep on Thanks, going. Thanks, everybody, uh, for, for cheering me up a little bit. I feel like you were part of that. Even though we can't see you, you just look like a little camera, a little phone on a stand. But, um, 
We appreciate it. Oh, and presence. in the background, we're hoping to have. I don't know if you can see it right now. Of course I can. The Goddard Salt Mine. Get Goddard it? Salt Mine. Salt right. Mine. Salt. They have one of the yeah, a huge salt mine near nearby. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Anyway, God bless everybody. Bye. See you later.